So I hope you're uh, hope you're ready to get into the word today. Uh, I'm excited to share with you this. This is a tough, tough uh, discipline. We've we've been going through a sermon series about the inward disciplines, and and we did four of those. And now we're going to start focusing on some outward disciplines. And and again, it's not that the inward isn't impacted. Um, in fact, that's where it has to start always. You know, in in the in the in, inside, because um, if we ch- just change the outside, you know that we're not being true. You know, we're we're being fake, and people are going to see. You know, it's not the real thing. So, um, so yeah, I want to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about simplicity, and that that sounds simple <laughs> when when we say it. You know. Uh, simplicity and, and what what that means and what it doesn't mean, and we want to we want to kind of just dig into it from the side of scripture. And so to to start with, I want to share a story with you that we're gonna we're gonna come back to. And I heard it when I was in college, and I'll, I'll probably mess some of it up, but uh, uh, the the point of the story, you know, will be be right. But um, there was a, a a father and a son, and they. They used to take road trips together and travel, and they would go to souvenir shops and they would go to you know um, different places uh, to just you know see really unique, neat things. And one time they were they they were in a souvenir shop and they they were looking around. And, you know, the son had kind of walked away from the father, and he he saw this uh, this thing encased in like a, a, a safe, but it was like a glass thing. You could see it, but you couldn't access it. It was all locked down and had some security features on it. And it was, it was this pearl. And man, I mean, just completely captivated this kid. And, you know, the father kind of got finished shopping and he was looking around for his son and he finally found him and went over and he was talking to him. And like, like a lot of sons do or daughters, like they don't hear you at first, you know, selective hearing. And so he didn't hear him. He finally, you know, touched him on the shoulder and it kind of startled him. And he's like, Dad, I, I got to buy this. I got to buy this. And his dad said, well, that, that looks pretty expensive. And so, uh, you know, he, he called the shop owner over there and, and he said, you know, how much? Just, just curious. And, you know, he said, uh, it's not for sale. And the dad kind of chuckled and he's like, everything's for sale. And he's like, no. You know, that's not for sale. And so the dad was like, well, all right. And so uh, him and his son left. And so the son, you know, went on with his life, but he never could forget about this pearl that he had seen and just how it just completely uh, captivated him. And so he, you know, he went on through life and, and and did well for himself, had had a lot going for him, was was wealthy, was living, living the American dream. You know, he had the houses and the cars and the boats and the RVs and, um, all those things and wife and kids and it just there was something that was missing and he was never just completely satisfied and and you know he would always recall that pearl and so finally uh he had just gotten you know just to the point where he had to do something about it and so he he went and searched and searched, finally figured out where they were and and you know wanted to um wanted to go back to that place and he found it and sure enough the the shop was still there the pearl was still there the shop owner was was still there um a lot older now but he was there and so 
you know, he went in and he was so excited and he sat there and just stared at it for the longest time. And he finally, he finally went to the shop owner and he's like, how much, you know? And the shop owner said, it's not for sale. And he just laughed. He's like, I, I can afford it. Whatever it is, I can afford it. And he said, I was here as a little boy and he told him the story and he said, I, I remember you and it's still not for sale. And the guy just kept pushing and kept pushing. And so finally the shop owner is like, okay, how much, how much uh, money do you have in all your accounts? It, you know, if you were to write a check and it just clean out all your bank accounts, you know, what, you know, write it down. And so he wrote the figure down and he said, all right. And he said, that's, that's what it'll cost you. And the guy was like, you know, he kind of, kind of startled him, but he's like, okay, you know, I, I got to have this. And, and so he, he wrote him a check out and handed it to him. And, and then he said, but wait, 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 there's more. He, he said, what do you own? You know, what, what are your assets, houses, vehicles? What do you, what do you have? And so he listed all those things off and he said, I, I want the titles and deeds to all of those things. And then the guy kind of, you know, he's <laughs> feeling the weight of that and everything he'd ever worked for, you know, uh, that was his. And he, he kind of reluctantly a little bit, but he finally gave in and, and he did that. He signed everything over. And the guy said, well, you know, um, what about, uh, what about your family? You know, don't you, don't you have a wife? Don't you have kids? And the guy's like, what? Uh, yeah, of course. And he said, yeah, I want ownership of your family. And he's like, whoa, 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 you know, you've gone too far. And he said, okay, then it's not for sale. And man, the, the, the man just stood there for a minute and wrestled and wrestled with this and kind of bowed his head and he said, okay, okay, they're yours. And he said, well, that, you know, that, that's not enough either. And he's like, what? You have everything of mine. You, everything I've ever worked for. Everything I hold dear. You have it now. It's yours. And he said, what about you? And the guy just took a step back. And the old shop owner said, I, I want you too. And the guy finally gave in. And he's got the pearl. And though he'd given up everything, he, he just clung to it for a moment and felt completely satisfied. And then the shop owner said, well, there, there's uh, something else. And he's like, I have nothing else. He said, well, you know, that's true. Um, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. You know, I, I'm going to, you're not captive here. I'm going to let you go. But just remember that you're mine. And I'm going to give you back your family. But just remember that they're mine. And I'm going to give you back your house and your cars and all your stuff. But I want you to remember that it's mine. And I'm going to give you back all your money. But I want you to remember that it's mine. And I wanted to start the, the sermon off with that story. I remember hearing it a long, long time ago. And, and again, if you've ever heard that, I, I don't know. I probably messed some of the details up. But... Um, I want to start off with that because, you know, we, as followers of Jesus, if you follow Jesus, you know, one of the things that we've, we come to understand is that we're, we're surrendering, we're sacrificing, and everything is His. You know, we say things like that. Everything is His. 
But then so often we don't act like it. You know, we we cling to our stuff as if we control it, as if we have ownership in it, as if, you know, it it uh, it consumes us sometimes, you know, and and we don't want anybody to, to mess with our stuff. Oh, my goodness. I'm so guilty of this. This one uh, today's discipline uh, punched me right between the eyes. And so uh, in the words of my eight year old, uh, when I forget to put my seatbelt on, uh, he Caden will say, uh, buckle up, buttercup. And I think that's what we're going to need to do today uh, because this is a tough one. This this discipline flies right in the face of uh, everything. That's, uh, I think our culture in particular uh, presses as important. And so uh, we're going to pause right here. We're going to pray. We're going to invite God in to have his way with us. We're going to invite God in uh, to show us where we can begin in this process and and what we do need to uh, take steps in. So let's pray. God, thanks for the day. Again, thank you for the time we've had. Thank you for the music and the communion time and just uh, the fellowship that, that families are having uh, together today. And, and Lord, I just pray that you're with each one of us, everybody that's listening, all the, the listening ears out there. You, you give us warnings in the Bible and it says to those who have an ear, you know, listen up. And, and I feel like today is one of those messages and it, it's something that we're just so easily uh, we, we so easily go astray in God it, and it's it's because uh, we we see these things around us God and we we just have this ownership thing and God you've called us to a life of simplicity and please help us to understand what that means Please begin to, in a supernatural way, just show us what are the things in our life that we need to simplify. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I also thought this was a pretty fitting message just because of what we're going through right now, you know, with the COVID-19 thing and just having to take a step back from the busyness of life and, and the chaos. And, and again, I know everybody's not in the same boat. Um, but you know, it has, I, I think it's impacted everyone on, on some type of level to where you've, you've had to take a step back from some things. And I, and I hope it's awakened your soul and awakened your spirit to some truths. Maybe we had become blind to, maybe we had come become callous to in our life. I think this fits right along with that I, I, today. I, I think, uh, I think this is going to just, uh, flow right along uh, with, with what God's already doing. So I really love that. But simplicity equals freedom. It equals freedom. And, and freedom always sounds great until you pay for it. You know, um, I think about our military and, and the people who uh, have paid the ultimate price for America's freedom. And right now, through some of this, we haven't felt very free. You know, we, we've been told what to do and we kind of feel like, obligated to do so because you know for the the betterment of the community and those kinds of things but uh it, it almost feels like this virus or whoever you want to label has imprisoned us a little bit uh on some things but uh, simplicity equals freedom and and i'm going to explain what what we mean by that is as we go along and and honestly i don't think very many christians uh, have wrestled with the idea of simplicity and the reason I say that is because it's not an easy issue. It's not. This is really tough. 
And like I said, I'm going to share some personal stuff with you because this one, uh, this one hits me right between the eyes. So, um, so it's it's you know it goes strongly against our culture. It goes strongly against our nature. Uh, the idea of simplicity. And you know, I think about outside and like there's things out there that we absolutely need. Right? We need the sun. I mean, without the sun, we could not survive. Without the oxygen, we could not survive. Without water, we could not survive. And yet, none of us provide any of that for ourselves. You know, God provides all of that. And it's easy to see that as his provision, because you you can't possibly create the sun, and you can't uh, possibly uh, mimic and what the sun does for us. You, you can't. Like, uh, you know, that's a God-sized thing, and we know that, and we're aware of that, you know. And so it's easy to give those things, oh, well, God, you know, God has that, and God controls that. But it's hard to come back to our own life and the things that we feel like we've worked for, earned. It's hard for us to come back to those things and say, well, those are God's, you know, and I need to use them for Him. It's hard for us to do that. And again, it just goes against who we are. And we end up a lot of times pretending to be something or someone we're not. And that pretending creates bondage and it creates fear. And we end up and we end up having a lot of anxiety from it sometimes and, and those kinds of things. And God, I really believe, um, calls us to a life of simplicity. Okay? So we're gonna we're gonna dig into this. Um, there's a there's a chapter in Ecclesiastes, I'm not gonna flip over there and read it, but it's and it talks about this, how God created us to live simplistic simplistic lives, but we, you know, we bring about all this complexity and it creates our own problems. And, and, you know, again, we end up living in anxiety. And so, so what this is, is, is this is an inward, uh, inward reality um, that's going to take place inside of us and it's going to result in an outward expression. You know, so the inside is going to change and we're going to begin to simplify on the inside and then it's going to, it has to impact the outside. And again, we can't do that. In reverse, we don't need to just simplify the outside. And, and I'm not talking just about like selling things and giving things away. No. Is that part of this? Well, sure. But like if you just go and make all the changes and you don't, let again, let the inside be changed, um, we're really kind of shooting ourselves in the foot a little bit. And so as a Christian, what, we're, what, we're, what our goal is, we're, we're coming back to a divine center, you know, where, where we are focused on, on the kingdom, on Jesus, uh, at the center of who we are. So that way, no matter what we're talking about, whether we're looking at our possessions, whether we're, whether we're at work, looking at our paycheck, whatever we have, that we look at it as God's, that we look at it as His His stuff and His provision and and even down to our very life, you know? Um, because if we're followers of Jesus, we've said, hey, I'm, I'm surrendered. I'm going to sacrifice myself and follow after you. So that's something we've done. So it, it, it results in a couple of things. One, it helps us to, to be more honest and truthful in our speech and how we talk to other people. Uh, even if we're not out there, quote unquote, lying, sometimes we manipulate the way we speak to one another uh, for certain reasons. And the more we come back to a divine center, I think the more we're going to be able to be honest and truthful, but compassionate in general, right? All at the same time. Those are, those are God-sized qualities that are hard to once, but but through him we can. Um, it's going to subside our lust for status and position. 
you know, we sometimes we have this desire to be thought of in a certain way, or we want to climb the corporate ladder or, or whatever, and and then our desire to, to stop buying things that we don't need. You know, um, as if I filter my purchases, and sometimes I get this one right, and sometimes I get it very, very wrong. Um, I have an Amazon cart, you know, like probably most people do. And what I'll do most of the time, every once in a while, I have a sporadic purchase, but I'll put things in there for at least five to seven days. And that way I have time to think about, it, you know, and I'll go back and look at them and then I'll even go check the prices and see if the price is good. And, and I have time to think, do I really need this? Do I really need this? You know, and sometimes I fall and fail and still purchase it even though I don't really need it. But, it, you know, at least there's a buffer to, to, to think through it a little bit. And and so um, so I, I use the Amazon cart for, for a little bit of this. But to stop buying things that we need and living outside of our means, you know, and it, it winds up putting us in a bunch of debt. And, man, I have been there. And, if you know, if anything in the world brings anxiety, it's debt. You know, and those bills just piling up and, and weighing down on you and wearing you out. And, and oftentimes we spent a lot of that money on things that just were not necessary, you know. And so God just calls us to live more simplistic lives than that. And so uh, we, we want to do that. We can live on less. Okay, we can live on less. We can. Um, I, I was thinking about this because uh, I, I don't know I've shared this with a lot of you, but Shay and I do our debt. Uh, reduction plan. I mean, that was one of the biggest lessons we learned from year one was, oh my goodness, can we live on less? Because we learned to, you know, we, we learned to, instead of like we, we'd about, we're about to purchase something and it was X amount of dollars. Let's just say it was, I would ask myself this question all the time. Like if I buy this, I'm going to pay $56 for it. Or I could put $56 into our debt and get out of debt faster, you know? And then the question would rise, do I really need this thing? You know? And so, uh, it, you know, it just helps us to, to live in a, in a healthier way. And so, again, can't change the outside first. That ends up creating a lot of legalistic things in our life, and we don't, we don't want to do that. We want to uh, come back to this divine center and let God change the inside and so that the outside stuff changes. And so that's why this is in the outward uh, disciplines, because you're going to see it really played out in, in our decision-making, Right in our livelihood, in how we function. Um, that's where simplicity is going to play itself out. And so in Matthew 6, 21, Jesus talks about this. I, I've, I've always loved this verse, even though it's a tough verse. Uh, it just really paints a clear picture. And it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that, I mean, that goes beyond just money stuff. But, but again, if you think about that, like the thing that you treasure the most, I mean, your heart is going to be right there. It's going to impact, again, everything in your life. It's going to impact your decisions. It's going to impact the way you think about people and things and position and money. And it's just going to impact those things. And so it, if, uh, you know, if we make that about God and through our divine center, the kingdom, um, man, how is that going to impact things in your life, you know? And through the rest of this message this morning, that's what I want you to think about. Like, what's 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 God laying on your heart? Um, because this is a big time uh, topic. It's it's big. So uh, we can't change everything all at once, but we can change one thing, right? We can start taking a step towards this. So like, just begin asking God what He's you that maybe you need to simplify in your life. So 
And the other thing, like wealth in particular and possessions, you know what? They end up they end up being our security blanket so often. We we depend on them uh, and we depend on our stuff. I'll give you a good example. I, I you know, we, we live in a house in Whitesburg and you know it's not the nicest house on the planet, but it's a really nice house. And these storms roll through, and you know, if we were to ever get hit by a tornado directly, uh, obviously it doesn't matter what kind of house you live in. Um, but you know, most of the storms roll through and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, my house is going to hold up. I just have that mentality. I have confidence in my house. And that's probably a, a, a false confidence. Um, and I don't always turn to God and be like, God, please, you know, the storm's rolling down on us. Please protect us from this storm. You know, I don't, I don't have that dependency on him sometimes because of the quality of the house. And, uh, and so I've been in a tent before when one of those storms rolls through. And let me tell you something, you're on your hands and knees praying to the Lord above to sustain you because you realize that all that's between you and everything else outside is this thin piece of fabric. Um, we went this past summer to Canada and we experienced a couple of those storms while we were all in tents, you know, and, and uh, it, it brings you back to a divine center real quick, I promise, uh, when, when everything's going crazy and you know, you don't have the, the brick, bricks and sticks around you, uh, as, as they say about homes. But, you know, just uh, that's just a little example, but it's a true one. You know, we, we've learned to cultivate our life in a way that we don't think about our need for God sometimes. And money will do that. You know, if we, we have enough money to take care of everything, we put our security in that. And I hope this virus thing has opened our eyes up to the fact that the world can change in the blink of an eye. Everything, uh, you know, and how true is that? Like things can change so rapidly. And so if we live in a, in a place where we depend on God and that's our mentality all the time, man, what a simpler way to live. You know, what a less anxious way to live, uh, that, that it's his stuff and I'm dependent on him for my safety and security. It all comes from him. So uh, one of my favorite quotes, I've heard this uh, a long time in my life, it says, we buy things we do not want to impress people we do not like. Uh, and maybe that's true for you, maybe it's not. But, uh, but anyway, it just kind of rolls along with what we're talking about. And, you know, we all struggle with different things. For instance, clothes. Some people have a clothes addiction, man. Like they, they uh, and they look good, right? They, they go get the, you know, the popular clothes and the fashion trends and, they dress nice and they look good. I do not have that issue. Uh, my poor Meemaw thing I own sewn together because it just gets holes and I just keep wearing it and embarrass my wife because there's holes in my clothes. And uh, and, and so Meemaw has to, to fix me up. So uh, anyway, that's not mine, but mine's technology, right? Um, the good old iPhones and computers and all that stuff. You know, I, I uh, that addiction has been curved a bit over over my life, but man, I, I have a desire to have the latest technology thing. I love what it's able to do, and I always like frame it in this box of, oh, it makes things easier and quicker, and you know, keep filling in the blank to justify my purchasing of things. And and so, you know, that's a struggle for me. And, I, and again, I don't know, I don't know what your struggle is, uh, but we have them. We all wrestle with these things that end up complicating our life instead of making our life better. Um, again, one right now for me, I, you know, I have just a little over five and a half 
and we work the land and we take care of the land and I just want a tractor. I want a tractor. I want to go out and spend, you know, whatever, 10, 20, 30, 40,000 dollars on a tractor for a couple of days of work a year. Like I don't have that much stuff that requires a tractor. And there's wonderful people in our church that have told me a million times, hey, if you need my tractor, just let me know and I'll bring it over. And they'd come over and help me do the work. And I'm still so just, oh, I, you know, I got to have my own tractor and it's got to be brand spanking new. And oh, I just get so caught up in things sometimes. When God's just calling us back to a place of simplicity. Speaking of land and, and working the land, uh, in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 23, this one, when I was preparing for this, man, this one really hit me. You know, it says, The land shall not be sold in, in perpetuity, for the land is mine, for you are strangers and sojourners with me. Man, I think about this piece of property that I'm on is my property. It is my land. And I want to put fences up and keep most people out. <laughs> and, you know, man, this is God's too. I didn't make this land. He did. And we get caught up in the buying and selling a property and, and we, we just have this ownership mentality. But it's all His, right? He made it. He spoke it into existence. And, and what a shift I would have if I really looked at it that way, you know? If I really thought about it that way. So we cannot take a serious look at Scripture. We just can't. And, and not see very clearly that, that Jesus wants us to live a simplistic life. And, and a lot of that weighs in in the economic world. And, you know, God doesn't want us to take advantage of the poor. And He doesn't want a, a great accumulation of wealth. It is in there everywhere. Go read. Go read. I'm telling you, if you read under that lens, there will be so many verses. When I, again, there are so many verses we could spend days sitting here reading and studying this uh, with all the scriptures and things. So, um, uh, so yeah, if you if you take a hard look at scripture, you're, you're going to see this. You know, it's it's going to be apparent that it's in there. That man, God wants us to simplify. He wants to have a, us to have a kingdom first mentality with everything. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have things, okay? But there should be this filter going on inside of us with our money, with our possessions, with our time, with all these things. And it's that God, that divine center filter. So that's what we're talking about today. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. So it's just coming back to that place of righteousness, which is a gift from God. And Jesus oftentimes compared wealth as a rival to God in the New Testament, right? Um, and and again, the more the, a lot of times the more complicated life gets. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read some passages as as we trudge through here a little bit, and then again as as we've been doing, just gonna give some practical thought at the end of this. Um, I'm gonna be in Luke, and then Mark, and then Luke again uh, for just a just a second. So Luke sixteen thirteen says, no servant can serve two masters. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so if our possessions, our wealth, whatever, have taken that place in our heart where, man, we cling to those things and we you know, we that's our security blanket or that's, you know, I don't I don't know, that's our addiction, whatever it may be. You know, the Bible's pretty clear. We can't serve God under that pretense, you know? 
Um, we have to let go of the commandment that is about covetousness, you know? And, like, we can't hoard stuff up and we can't just have this lifestyle um, about us. Mark 10, 21, and 22 uh, is the rich young ruler. And I've, I've talked about the rich young ruler a, uh, a lot in my time at Cross Plains. Um, in verse 21, Mark 10, he said, And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. He loved him. He had compassion on this guy because this guy was morally sound, man. Goodness gracious. He was, he was walking the line, wasn't he? And he said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Disheartened by saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And I, and I think about, like, I know that we we excuse this scripture right here. I've done it. Well, that was, you know, Jesus isn't telling everybody to go sell everything. Well, I agree with that. Uh, but Jesus is calling us to complete sacrifice, right? So when we surrender us and everything we have, as in the opening story, everything is his. You know, what if he asks you to do that? Like, really? What if he asks you to sell everything out and walk away? Are you in a place in your, your walk, in your maturity process, that you could do that? Or would you be like the rich young ruler here who left disheartened because he had great wealth and great possession and his, you know, his security was there? And he had a hard time letting go and trust in Jesus. So, you know, in Luke, uh, Luke 12 talks about building bigger barns. He's talking about the foolish, um, the foolish rich guy who who has so much, like he doesn't have room for it. And so instead of helping anybody out, he just builds bigger things so he can store up, you know. And, and so the Bible tells that story. And so when would, when did we stop depending on God, you know? And, and do you really feel that way? Do you feel like your dependence is on God? And, and or better, um, well, I'll ask this question a minute after I read this. Luke uh, 12, verse 33 says, Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. That's Luke twelve thirty three. So what do you feel like you are truly dependent on God for? That was a question that kind of surfaced and I was, I was thinking about it. Like, like what in my life, man, do I really look like, look to God for sustaining me? You know, because he says he will. Uh, you know, he spends this entire chapter talking about how um, clothed and the you know all that stuff. The birds are fed. He promises to sustain us, and yet so often we are just dependent on ourselves, and then we begin to have ownership of our stuff, and it's mine. And I'll do with it as I please instead of what does God want me to do with this, you know? Um, so uh, uh, every, and, and the, the pearl story that I shared in the beginning really came from Matthew 13, 45. Um, not the story, but the reference there. And it, and it talks about everything for this pearl, this one pearl. And, and so we, we want to get single-minded, single-focused here because... I think that's where everything begins to make sense, okay? And I've, I've kind of been alluding to it as we've been digging through here. 
And I also want to mention right here, forced poverty is misery too. Like, you, you can't just say, oh, God's saying, sell everything and, you know, live in the trees. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying just everything needs to come through this filter of kingdom first. Okay? Everything needs to be filtered through. This is God's. This is not mine. I often ask myself, and I need to do it more, not just WWJD, bringing it back, what would Jesus do? But really, I mean, if Jesus had my bicycle, like what would he do with it? Would he exercise? Would he give it away? Would he start a ministry with it? I don't know, but what would he do? That's a great question to ask. And then beginning to pray, God, I have this bike. Like what, like, what do you want me to do with it? It hangs on my wall like 364 days of the year. Like what do you want me to do with it? Like keep filling up the tie. I buy. I have to buy an air tube for this bike. I don't, this just popped in my head. This isn't in my notes. I buy an air tube for this bike every year because for some reason there's one air tube in the back tire. The season change. It's the back tire with all the gears. It pops and I have to change it. And then I ride it one time and then it hangs on my wall for a year. And then it pops and I go. And this year during the virus, I had to drive to like four stores, five stores over two different days to find a tube. All this time and investment to ride my bike one time. Like, you know, maybe I should start asking God, hey, this is your bike. Do I need to ride it more? I mean, did you, did you bless me with it to exercise or do I just need to give it away at this point? I don't know, you know. But that's the kind of mentality that we're digging into here and, and talking about. And Jesus, honestly, if you read it under this lens, speaks about eco the economics of the Christian walk as much, if not more, than anything else in the Bible. Like, how we look at this is such a huge thing because it really does impact everything. Like, how we look at our life, our possessions, our wealth, whatever. And so, simplicity is to find joy in God's provision, okay? Simplicity is to find joy in God's provision, um, not clinging to our stuff for security. So, you might not have to sell everything. You might not have to give everything. I don't know. That's between you and the Lord, but it's finding joy in God's provision. So recognizing that everything you have around you is his and it was blessed to you by him, regardless of how much you think you've worked for it. Um, but looking at it through through that lens of provision from him. And when God calls us to give it away, I think that takes the sting out of it a whole lot uh, is when we recognize it as his and he could replace it like that. You know, and I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. We went on a mission trip to Mexico and we landed, got picked up by the missionary and went to eat. Well, the entire amount of cash that we brought for the entire trip, and I'm talking a massive group of people, uh, there, was, uh, there was probably 25 people there, got stolen. Um, and so we had no spending money and the missionary couldn't afford to take care of 25 people. And man, God just opened up the floodgates and put that money back in our hands in like by the next morning, I think. Uh, it was pretty awesome to see how that worked out. But uh, God is going to provide and he's going he's gonna to take care of us. And this just allows us to enjoy our possessions more without them consuming us. And I am guilty of this. Man, sometimes I don't even want my kids to, to touch my stuff because they might hurt it and they might damage it. And there's truth to that. And, and I'm not saying we should just, you know, let our kids throw our $200 tool off the deck just to see how many times it bounces or something you know like i'm not saying we shouldn't take care of things i'm just saying just this 
oh, this like just gripping mentality gets us and we don't want to let go of things and our hearts get hardened. And I, I want us to be able to enjoy what God has blessed us with and the joy with others and giving it away to others. So I'm going to read uh, Matthew 6, 25-33. Matthew 6, 25-33. And this is going to be our closing verse. And then I'm going to just share a couple of things with you. And then we'll pray and we'll, we'll uh, go on with our Sunday. Um, so Matthew 6, starting with verse 25. It says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is it not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? And they, and why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. And here's the verse, man, be great to memorize. I memorized this recently uh, for, for something I was in, plugged into you. Um, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. I don't know about you, but an anxiety-free life sounds pretty good, right? And and I do think the 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 more anxiety goes away, I do think it's it's more evidence, at least on 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 most levels, that we're beginning to grasp simplicity. Uh, and I know we everybody struggles with anxiety differently and for different reasons, but uh, definitely the things we're talking about today can bring about anxiety. And so, uh, just getting free from that is definitely evidence of that. And, and again, absence of things does not equal simplicity, okay? You could go sell everything you got today, and that doesn't mean that you understand the discipline of simplicity. It's coming back to a single focus, and that focus is his kingdom. We just read it in Matthew six thirty three. His kingdom first is this focus that we have to get to, and how everything has to begin to filter through that, how you view me, how I view you, how I view our church family, how I view my possessions, how I view my time, how I view my job, how I view my paycheck, whatever, his kingdom for the door for simplicity when we have this single focus down, okay? So so to, to live a more simplistic life, some, some inner reflections I want to encourage in you is to recognize things as a gift, right? What a gift from God. Uh, whatever it is, you know, just recognizing it's a gift and being thankful for it instead of looking at it like you earned it or it's yours, but it's a gift from God and it's his. He's letting you enjoy it, but how can you use it for his kingdom, right? Um, and being thankful that you're cared for by God. Again, we, we I think we toil and 
and chase after some things sometimes, and God's got us. He's He's going to provide, okay? Uh, we can trust Him in that. He's, he's going to care uh, for our needs. And then the sharing mentality, just having this, this uh, uh, and again, I struggle with this one with some things, not everything, but some things, this how can I share what God's blessed me with with others, right? I want to amplify this. I want to, to extend the blessing out. So if you need a mountain bike, it's hanging up out there and it has a new tube. Uh, just kidding. But but seriously, like, how can I share my stuff with you and you share your stuff with me and, and us have more of a community uh, type attitude about our possessions and our things, okay? Um, and so uh, that, that's kind of some inward feelings about it. But outward, uh, just, some, just some thoughts. Again, if the inside doesn't change, these are pointless. So don't just go make these changes. I'm not encouraging you to do that. I'm saying these are some outward things that could come out of the Spirit. Um, uh, buy things for their usefulness instead of their status, right? Uh, a car instantly pops in my head because uh, I, I always, I love cars. I love, uh, I love new cars and I love the technology of new cars, you know, back. To and sometimes I, I would definitely go purchase something that's not very practical for my life um, right now, but it's cool, you know, and it's got a lot of gadgets and people would stare at it while I drove down the road. Um, and, and so buying things for their usefulness instead of, like if you go buy a house, you know, do you really need seven rooms or, you know, fill in the blank, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and uh, clothing, buying clothes for usefulness, like thinking about what, what you do and, and the clothing that best fits that, that situation instead of just whatever. Um, rejecting anything that produces an addiction in you. Uh, there's a cool story in the book that I'm reading and it was about a guy who just obsessed over getting the newspaper. And so one day, the newspaper didn't come, and he ran out there, and he was, like, frantic. And, and he instantly started, like, you know, what, why didn't they leave the news? And, like, like these little conspiracy theories started popping up. And then he saw his neighbor's newspaper, and he thought, hey, I could go stealing. I could steal their newspaper. And they think that the newspaper company just didn't deliver one like they didn't deliver one to me. And, you know, and I'm just crazy all the same. And that's kind of a silly little example. But anything that brings us to the point of addiction um, probably needs to go, you know, uh, whatever it is. I know sometimes we think addictions and we just think substance. Man, we're addicted to things. Some people pick up their phones way, 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 way too many times an hour. You know, not just a day, but an hour. Um, and I've struggled with that. I keep coming back to this phone thing because I've struggled with it. But um, develop a habit of giving away. Maybe if something like a mountain bike gets used one time a year, maybe you just need to give it away, you know, because maybe somebody could use that and it could be better used instead of hanging on your wall, blowing a tire every year. Um, and so, you know, if one of my things I try to, to get, through, this is why I ride my mountain bike once a year, by the way. If I haven't used something in a year, I'm like, yeah, it can go. So I ride my mountain bike once a year so I don't have to give it away. This mountain bike thing. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a book out there that talks about just keeping seven outfits, you know, which, again, you know, whatever. Just, it's, it goes along with the same mentality, just simplifying. Um, gadgets and devices and new tech rarely saves you time. That's what they try to sell you on. You need this because, fill in the blank, but rarely does it, is it gonna, gonna save you time. And so beginning to find joy in more simple things. Um, something I try to discipline myself doing is putting my phone down and, you know, spending some time away from my phone or going outside and not having the phone or not taking pictures of everything that I'm doing, uh, trying to just simplify some things. 
Uh, learn to enjoy things without owning them. You know, you don't always have to own something uh, to enjoy something, okay? So uh, learning to share and, and having people share with you. You know, humble yourself, swallow your pride. You don't have to go buy something new every time. Uh, we can we can use each other's stuff. Uh, for nature, I, I'm always going to come back to nature on things. This is a great one. Just, you know, taking, taking little walks, man. If you don't do that already, I highly encourage it. And just be aware of nature and the fact that God created all that. And it's got his invisible qualities in it. And just reflecting on that through that kingdom verse mentality. Um, a healthy skepticism of advertising schemes. You know, be, be aware of that. The advertising world has a lot of, a lot of things that try to grab you. And, uh, you know, again, just doesn't fit in with what Jesus is really after. Um, this is one of my favorites and I've had to work on a lot. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Man, we overcommit all the time. And we just want to be there for everybody and please everybody and make everybody happy. But what ends up happening is we tell people we're going to do something and we fail a lot because we've told too many people yes. So we need to learn to say no, even though that's tough, uh, even though it's not a pop. But people would rather you say no and keep your word, you know, then yes. And then you let them down all the time. And so that's something uh, we need to work on. Reject anything that causes the oppression of others. You know, if you find out, you know, something you're purchasing or something you're doing is causing others oppression. You know, Jesus talked a lot about that, that to, to not do that. And so, you know, maybe being willing to let go of whatever, fill in the blank. Um, I know, I know there's been some coffees that have been under scrutiny before for, for uh, taking advantage of a poverty-stricken area. And, you know, and I know there's missions out there that sell coffee. And instead of taking advantage of something, they are helping in ministry. And so, you know, like that's a simple example, but maybe switching up your coffee if you found out it was, it, there were people being oppressed from whatever. Um, and then you could, hey, you know, I'm going to buy coffee from these missionaries because uh, I know it's going to for the kingdom work, you know. So there's something. And then just finishing up, I read so much about, but seek his kingdom first and shun everything else. As you filter through, if things do not fit in a kingdom mindset, then be willing to let them go. You know, we want to walk with the Lord. We want to hear his voice. We want to live the most abundant life we can that Jesus calls us to. And we do that most by letting go of the things that aren't of him. And we're going to be more purposeful. We're going to be more filled up. We're going to have more joy and more peace and all those things that we really want. But it takes some effort to get them. And so uh, I just want to encourage you today to start taking some steps into simplicity. And if you have any questions or want to dialogue in this further, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Obviously, there's, this is, these are all just huge topics and we can't you know, work through it all in, in one sermon. So, um, uh, and there's some books out there. A couple of you have asked me for recommendations. And I'll give you some, but there's some things you can study on this stuff uh, to help you in it. And be open to God's leading and, and what He's um, what He's spurring you on to do, and what steps He's He's pushing you to take uh, for your journey and your walk. So, um, I love you, church. I'm going to close with prayer, and then um, uh, and, and we'll dismiss for the day. So, God, thank you again for your love. Thank you. Uh, for how you have have worked out everything for moments just like this. That we can sit here and we can uh, think about your word. We can read from your word. We can dig into things that you're calling us to. And, and God, really, this is just 
kingdom kingdom first mentality. That's what it is. I will label it simplicity, but it, it, it's just having this single focus um, thing in us that everything filters through God. Uh, that we we quit we quit getting pulled in different directions. That everything that that comes in through our eyes or ears or heart or mind or whatever gets filtered through uh, your kingdom first. God, so help us to take those steps. Help us to live lives of simplicity, God. To quit being consumed by culture or possessions or money or even people can consume us sometimes. But God, just taking a step back and living a simple life. And, and in doing so, we're going to be more productive for the kingdom. Uh, for sure. And so just help us have a heart that we depend on you. We lean on you. We don't look to security of other things. And God, just guide us in what you have blessed us with. Help us to make good decisions with our with our wealth. Help us to make good decisions with our possessions and our decisions. And God, just thank you for the, the group of people here at Cross Plains and all the people listening uh, to this message, God. I, I do pray that that you just pour out into them, God, and help them to, to be raised up into Christ, to clothe ourselves with Christ, to come into a place of maturity with Him so that we are making a bigger impact on the kingdom. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church, have a good one. Take care.